0: Hello, this is Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, and today I'm talking with Dr. Jeffrey Lee of Kaiser Permanente, who will be discussing his recent review entitled When is Routine Prophylactic Clipping Indicated Post-Polypectomy? And his summary looks at a recent randomized control trial published in The Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology from a group in Australia of Michael Bork and his colleagues. And they're looking at when it may be appropriate to do prophylactic clipping of a polypectomy site in order to reduce post-polypectomy bleeding. And Jeff is an expert endoscopist who does complicated polypectomy. Why is this topic important?
1: Thanks, Phil. First of all, for having me join the podcast and just for allowing me to review this important article. But to answer your question, why is this important? Despite recent advances in endoscopic resection of complex colorectal polyps in general, one of the main complications is post-resection bleeding. And that has been a common problem despite some of the advances that we've been able to improve upon. And, you know, Based on the literature, clinically significant delayed bleeding or post-EMR bleeding can occur in about 4% to 10% of cases, and it's frequently seen in the right colon. And, you know, management of post-EMR bleeding can be incredibly costly and resource intensive. These patients will often require hospitalizations, even a repeat colonoscopy to help further stop this bleeding event. And so we know that there's been several randomized trials that have evaluated prophylactic clipping for prevention of post-EMR bleeding, and these have shown discordant findings. The first study that, you know, was quite impressive was from Haeckel-Pohl's group that was published in Gastroenterology, where they had at least, uh, you know, about a thousand patients who were randomized to clip versus no clip after removal of non-pedunculated lesions in the colon that were two centimeters in size or greater. And what they found was that clip was effective in reducing post-EMR bleeding from about, I think it was 10 to 3.3%. And what they were able to show in their subgroup analysis, which was a striking finding, was that it was mainly effective in the proximal colon in terms of clipping. It didn't really have much of effect in the distal colon. Other subsequent studies, including a randomized trial from the Spanish group, showed that it was effective overall, but really wasn't able to kind of tease out from a, a location standpoint, whether clipping was more effective in the proximal versus the distal colon. And so there's just been discordant findings and none, no studies have been adequately powered to kind of address this important question, whether is clipping effective or can it prevent a post-EMR bleed, particularly in the right colon, which is the most common site for bleeding.
0: And my impression is that the authors of this study focused on answering that question to definitively determine if routine prophylactic clipping prevents clinically significant post-endoscopic bleeding for EMR of large polyps in the right side of the colon. So how exactly did the investigators do their study?
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, you know, their question was, does routine prophylactic clipping prevent clinically significant post- EMR bleeding within the right colon for polyps specifically 20 millimeters in size or greater. And how they answered this question was they performed a randomized control trial. And this was based out of a single tertiary medical center in Australia at Westmead Hospital in Sydney. And what they did was they enrolled 231 patients who underwent a conventional EMR. And this is with electrocautery and with injection of endococarmine mixed with epinephrine and a viscous solution. And so this is kind of the conventional approach that we here in the States, you in the US, and even across globally have commonly used for, for polyps about two centimeters or greater. And so this is a very common approach. And what they did, this was, like I mentioned, there's about 231 patients. They randomized them to two groups. One group received CLIP after the EMR. And the other group uh, did not receive a clip, and so the EMR, like I mentioned, was performed with electrocautery, was the conventional approach using indigo carmine with epinephrine and a viscous solution. And in situations where you know there was a slight residual or you know there was an island, they used some techniques like cold avulsion. And then they also, which they've been able to show in randomized trials, uh, showing improved uh, efficacy of EMR, was that they would use stair tip soft coagulation. Um, around the edges too, and even also to help prevent some bleeding. And so after the resection, if they noticed any deep mural injury, such as a type 2 or type 5 uh, deep mural injury that occurred after the EMR, they would actually place mechanical clips regardless if you were in the clip or the non-clip group. And so after the EMR was completed, the endoscopist was afforded about the patient allocation to whether to provide prophylactic clip or no clip at all.
0: Yeah, there were some unique features to this study. And as you said, a key feature was patients were enrolled because they had been referred from other sites for a planned EMR with electrocautery of a large non-pedunculated polyp in the right side of the colon. And during the EMR, if a deep injury was identified, then clipping was done regardless of the fact the patient had enrolled in this randomized controlled trial because that would have been a danger to the patient. But then once the EMR was completed and assuming a deep mural injury wasn't identified, then an envelope was opened and the endoscopist was informed whether or not he was to place clips usually less than five millimeters apart across the EMR defect or if the patient was in the no-clip group. And I'd also note that antithrombotic agents were held for appropriate periods prior to the colonoscopy and then restarted routinely 48 hours after the procedure. So what did the results show?
1: Yeah, so the results show that in the intention to treat analysis, clinically significant post EMR bleeding, which they defined as hematokesia necessitating emergency department presentation, hospitalization, or re intervention with a colonoscope within 14 days post EMR, occurred less frequently in the CLIP group than in the control group. And so the post EMR uh, clinically significant bleeding rate was about 3.4% in the CLIP group versus 10.6% in the n- n- Oak group. So the absolute risk reduction was about 7.2%. And an important you know result that I would like to share is that the number needed to treat to prevent one clinically significant bleeding event was about 14. And so that was the intention to treat. Now, if you looked at the per protocol results... Post-EMR bleeding remained lower in the clip group versus the control group. And in the the clip group, it was about 1.1% versus 9.4% in the no clip group. And this was the absolute risk reduction was about 8.2%. And the number needed to treat was about 12. And more importantly, there was no differences between groups, between the two groups in terms of adverse events or even delayed perforation or even post-EMR pain. So that's an important finding.
0: And I I don't want to misstate this, but my impression is that the per-protocol analysis is different because patients who were found to have deep mural injuries who immediately got CLIPS... I think they were still included in the intention to treat analysis, but they were excluded in the per-protocol analysis. And so the per-protocol analysis is really telling us how effective it is to do prophylactic clipping to prevent bleeding, assuming that you've done your EMR, the defect doesn't show, a deep mural injury, and you're saying, okay, am I going to clip this or not? Just try to prevent a post-EMR bleed. Do I have that correctly?
1: You do have that correct, Yeah. This was okay. a very well-performed study.
0: And I mean, gosh, they took the rate of post-EMR bleeding in the poor protocol analysis from nine point four percent in the no clip group down to one point one percent in the clip group. I that's really remarkable results. Although I think it's important to note that these were expert endoscopists. They were advanced endoscopists seeing patients that were referred to them specifically to get more complicated polypectomies. And that might be one limitation of this study. Are are there other limitations that you think are important to note? Yeah. You know, that was actually
1: the main limitation was that the trial was conducted at uh, Michael Bork's group, which is one of the leading centers for advanced resection of complex polyps. They have quite the experience and they've really spearheaded a lot of thoughtful trials that have really moved the field forward in terms of reducing post polypectomy bleeding and along with reducing recurrence after EMR they've used they spearheaded a lot of findings from these trials including snare tip coagulation of the edges of the EMR defect and so this is a very unique group and whether this can be translated in terms of the findings of getting it down to 1.1% you know i think that is an aspirational goal for all of us but you know uh, one thing to, to note is that the number of clips i just want to sh- share with the audience is you know, it was about five. They used about five and that's kind of in general, the median number of clips to close these defects that are about two centimeters or greater.
0: Now, this study clearly demonstrates that it's appropriate to do prophylactic clipping of a EMR site after removing a flat polyp that was 20 millimeters or greater in the right side of the colon. Now, For people like myself who are not expert endoscopists, I sometimes wonder if prophylactic clipping is overused. And I'm curious to hear about how you do prophylactic clipping in your own practice and and what you recommend to maybe your colleagues who might not be expert endoscopists about when prophylactic clipping probably isn't needed.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, my typical approach for placing prophylactic clips to prevent post-polypectomy bleeding or post-EMR bleeding really depends on the size and the location of the polyp and whether the patient will need to be placed on anticoagulants or antiplatelet agents. You know, for example, do we need to put them back on Coumadin or a DOAC or even Clopidogrel? And so for lesions less than two centimeters in size, I typically do not place prophylactic clips due to its lack of benefit and low bleeding risk, particularly if I used a cold snare polypectomy technique. So in a recent systematic review and meta-analysis that was published in Gastroenterology, it showed that there was no difference in post-polypectomy bleeding rates with or without prophylactic clipping placement after resection of lesions less than two centimeters in size. Now, what they did find was that for lesions two centimeters in size or greater in the right colon, clips do work. And what's really interesting was that this was confirmed by this trial that we reviewed today. However, as seen in this study uh, that we reviewed and others, very large lesions, the ones that are like over four centimeters in size, they may not be implementable for complete closure with prophylactic clips. In these instances, I would coagulate all visible vessels with a coagulation grasper, or even use use soft tip coagulation and ablate those vessels. Um, if I see any deep mural injuries after resection, I immediately clip that area. And so that's consistent with the literature too.
0: Any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners?
1: No, I think this is a very important study and it really confirms it's really important that if you are about to embark on a EMR of a large polyp, two centimeters in size or greater in the proximal colon, definitely be ready to clip this to help delay post-polypectomy bleeding.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very clear take-home message, and I think it's also helpful to just remind our listeners that the available data suggests that you shouldn't do routine prophylactic clipping in lesions less than two centimeters in size. Of course, you might have an individual patient where you see some deep mural injury, and that's okay, but if the lesion's less than two centimeters in size, you shouldn't routinely plan on doing Yeah, a yeah. Clipping.
1: One last final note I do want to mention in terms of my practice I forgot to mention uh, was that for patients that you know have conditions that require prompt resumption of anticoagulation or antiplatelet agents, I do routinely place prophylactic clips to decrease the risk of post-EMR bleeding. And I think there's a study that, that showed this was cost effective. So that's mm-hmm. even though that's debatable right now, we don't have really good randomized trials. I do mostly place clips on these, these defects that are one to two centimeters in size.
0: And for those patients who can't wait 48 hours. Correct, correct. There are meds, yep. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's the kind of art of medicine tip that I think is really important to communicate as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I hope there'll be more definitive studies to be able to help address and guide, you know, us as practicing gastroenterologists because this is a very common problem.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today and we'll have you back on very soon.
1: Thank you so much, Phil.